be good to kind of start off by, uh, you know, talking a little bit about um, yourself and uh, uh, maybe your institute. Um, can you share with us a little bit about the Institute of Competition Science, you know, how you got started and uh, what has the journey been so far for you? Sure, yeah, so, so we're a, uh, what we would consider a incentivized innovation organization that we focus on uh, how do we take uh, really neat ideas and, and challenges that are out there in the world and incentivize people to, to try to come in and solve them and focus people's attention on these challenges. So, um, so I might be a little different from you know, kind of the, the traditional 3D heels person in that I'm not a research scientist. I don't, I don't actually do research on my own, but, uh, but we focus on uh, taking the work that research scientists are doing and uh, focusing that. So, so identifying uh, critical challenges in different areas of science and technology and uh, you know, getting people to, to really come together in communities and, uh, and focus their attention on those challenges. And, and we do that through uh, incentivized innovation, which is basically using prizes and challenges, competitions to um, help draw people's attention to it. And it's not just the, the researchers that uh, we're, we're bringing you know, attention to this uh, through, but the public. So we, uh, we take uh, you know, these challenge topics and uh, try to bring more public attention to them so it can draw some uh, more funding, more support, just more interest in the need to solve these challenges. Because a lot of times you know, the, the research community does a really good job at solving the challenge itself, but they do a really poor job at telling the story about it. So that's another thing that uh, you know, groups like uh, like my uh, organization can, uh, can come in and, and support with. So that's what we focus on is uh, drawing mm -hmm. that um, that attention for people to these critical science and technology challenges, and then rewarding uh, the scientists to uh, to solve them. And so it's uh, it's kind of another funding model as well as you know, just doing the traditional uh, grants and uh, mm -hmm. and investments, uh, but uh, it uh, has a lot of other benefits uh, to it as well. Yeah, I think it's a really exciting concept that you have there. And, you know, I imagine that you work with a very diverse uh, group of people in terms of age group and also maybe the areas that they might be at. Um, could you maybe give a couple of examples of some of the really exciting projects uh, for you, perhaps personally, that you have uh, under, uh, undertaken and, uh, you know, want to share about? Sure, definitely. We, I mean, we've done a lot of uh, really, to me, really exciting projects. And, and that's where a lot of our work, you know, kind of, shines is and helping to, to highlight and tell the, the stories of the, the work that the researchers and, and the you know, innovators are doing. So we've done a, a number of projects with uh, with NASA um, that uh, are really exciting for us. We've done some other uh, you know, engineering challenges that are really neat. So a few years ago, we uh, put on a challenge uh, that was a, a NASA competition for energy storage. And, uh, and that was a really exciting one to do some new innovative energy storage programs. Uh, in the bioengineering space, we started our work on a liver engineering prize. Mm. And, uh, and that was a, an interesting one because it was really ambitious and mm. probably a little too ambitious for where the, the research community was. So. Um, that was something where we kind of stretched our limits a little bit and said, hey, let's really try to push out the, the envelope on what people can do. 
And, and we right. learned that, you know, it was probably just too far for what could reasonably be done in the, the time period that we had. So, um, so we had to pull that one back um, and, uh, and then we morphed it. I mean, a lot of really great things came out of that though, because we were able to build up a uh, roadmap of bioengineering challenges out of that liver engineering challenge. So uh, we were able to work with the scientific community at the time to develop this roadmap of 13 challenge topics that the bioengineering community felt were really critical to uh, solve in order to get to the point where you could engineer tissues and organs that people could actually use in the, the clinic. Um, so uh, to replace lost or damaged tissues or, or organs that sure. uh, patients have. So from that roadmap, uh, we were then able to work with NASA on another challenge. Uh, that's uh, one of the main ones that we have going on now um, that I'm, I'm sure we'll talk more about with uh, uh, the summit comes up. But uh, we were able to use that roadmap to identify, uh, you know, we had 13 challenge topics and we mm -hmm. presented those to NASA, uh, which might have been a, a non-traditional uh, organization for bioengineering to, to go to, but um, NASA got really interested interested in how some of these topics could be used in future human spaceflight, um, but also in looking at how uh, microgravity and uh, the mm -hmm. use of outer space could help accelerate um, bioengineering topics. So uh, we partnered with NASA to uh, launch the Vascular Tissue Challenge, uh, which is a challenge right. to, uh, to create the ability to uh, have thick vascularized tissues engineered in the lab mm. um, that could then down the line be used in uh, the clinic. But um, right now it's just a laboratory work for this challenge uh, to have, but it has to be a, thin, uh, a, a centimeter thick uh, tissue. So much thicker than any bioengineering mm. been able to do um, and actually produce the functional results of that tissue. So um, not just be living cells, but actually have um, function that a equivalent organ right. would produce in uh, in the human. So we're we're really excited about that one, and yeah, NASA has been a great partner uh, coming together to um, to work with, and uh, and uh, we're in our final year of that challenge now. So uh, we've got a lot of teams that are uh, really close to actually winning it. So it's really exciting for that one. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it's been a long journey or long road for you guys in terms of working on this uh, project. So I imagine that must have been some challenges or success or failures that you have um, encountered. Would you, would you mind sharing a specific example of, of you know, a success or a failure that, um, that the team has encountered in this project? And maybe, you know, what are some of the key takeaways that you have learned? Yeah, well, I think for for us in the management side of things, I mean, we our successes and failures are are kind of on the program design, program management. You know, right. Side of that. Well, how do we, you know, how do we incentivize people to want to get behind these researchers and and want right. to focus their attention on these challenge topics that uh, that our community has found uh, so uh, so critical. So, um, I, one of the kind of I guess failures that we've been learning from that I, I mentioned earlier was the liver engineering challenge. Um, so, yeah. so this was one that we were really excited about, uh, you know, when we started things. And um, I think the, the failure, you know, and it was that we just, we 
didn't do enough research with the academic community in designing mm. the challenge you know, and to, to identify the, the hurdle. You know, so mm. um, right. there's, there's kind of that sweet spot. There's that Goldilocks spot with the, mm. the um, defining what the hurdle or the challenge is. Right. Um, so you, you can't be too ambitious that nobody can actually do it. But right. You don't want to be too easy because then it's anyone can do it and it's not a right. big hurdle. So you know, there's finding that Goldilocks spot that's really important. And uh, we we weren't able to do that with the Liver Engineering Prize. You know, we were too mm -hmm. ambitious in developing that. So the the research community kind of looked at it and said, well, you know, this is great, but we need you know ten or twenty million dollars in ten years in order to do that. Um, so, you know, we were putting up a million dollar prize with that one and, um, right. you know, it, it just, there wasn't a right match for it. Right. Um, but, uh, but then, you know, we were able to, to learn and work with the research community to then define that, uh, that roadmap of the, the challenge yeah. topics that they did see as uh, critical milestones that could be done within the next, you know, three to five years. Right. Uh, so developing those uh, those uh, roadmap topics was really important to us and, and that was something that, that we were actually able to do through a, a White House summit that we hosted um, with uh, folks at the uh, Office of Science and Technology Policy. This was years ago um, sure. you know, and, uh, and from that we were able to bring the community together with that uh, that workshop and, um, and define those challenge topics. So kind of out of the, the failure of the liver engineering prize, we were able to really bring that community together a lot more. Mm. And, and from that, um, develop the challenge topics and then create the vascular tissue challenge with NASA as a partner. And now we've got this great list of uh, 13 kind of overarching challenge topics that the bioengineering community thinks are the critical hurdles towards getting to the point where we can put engineered tissues and livers and, or, and organs, you know, into a patient that needs them. Um, right. so, so hopefully now we have this, this whole network of challenge topics that uh, we can go to other partners and launch new competitions and new challenges to bring the, the research community together around not only the vascular tissue challenge, but the 12 other ones that are out there mm -hmm. uh, as well, um, so that we can build this whole community and network of uh, you know, rewards, you know, for the research yep. industry that can center their attention around those critical milestones and getting to the point where we can solve those and then say, hey, you know, now we've been able to solve this one, let's go on to the next one and the next one. Right. We have all of those done, we'll be able to look back and say, hey, we've now gotten to the point where we can take bioprinted or engineered uh, organs and tissues and actually use them in the clinic. And that will be just a revolution that'll be amazing so, that's yeah i think yeah definitely i think um you know something something like tissue engineering bioprinting it's it's the the problem is so complex that you often need um resources and and expertise from a variety of different fields and i think um, having a platform such as yours to do that to facilitate that conversation and discussion um is is really a great way to get things rolling and get things started so um, so kudos to that for uh, building a, such a good network and uh, community for us. Um, 
So uh, looking forward, uh, what are some of the challenges that you foresee in the next three to five years that um, you guys will be facing? Could you share a little bit about what you're going through right yeah, now? I, you know, I think as with, it seems, you know, most of the research world, you know, funding is just the, the biggest issue with all of this. Uh, right. you know, that there's just not enough funding going into researching these topics. And they're really important topics. So that's one of the things that we're trying to bring more attention to with you know, challenges right. like this is um, not only the, the need for more funding, but also find innovative ways of bringing more people into supporting this research. Um, so you know, I think, uh, of course, there's lots of challenges with the research itself. And, and that's what you know, the, the roadmap is meant to address is to identify what those challenges are. But you know, the, as far as what we deal with and what we see for the overall community of, of research and you know, biofabrication, 3D printed bioprinting and you know, bioengineering is that people, I guess there's two sides to the, the challenges. The one side is that the, the public doesn't understand where the science is and how important solving these challenges could be, you know, what it could do. So, so having that public involvement and the public communication, I think, is really important because getting more people in the public to understand what this research and you know solving these challenges could do. You know, I mean, it's it's not just sitting in a lab, you know, and and you know, doing theoretical research. This is real research that could impact healthcare and, and could you know, revolutionize the way healthcare is done. I mean, if right now people. 200,000 people are sitting on the organ donor wait list. You know, mm -hmm. So if we can 3D bioprint an organ and give it to them to save their life, that's going to revolutionize the way we deal with healthcare. So telling that story to the public is a really big need. Uh, the other side of it is the funding side and, and bringing more resources to help the, the research community solve these challenges uh, because it, it just it takes time it takes time and money to to do the experiments and you know the each of the experiments is not cheap um, you know i mean they can cost you know on the low end hundreds of thousands of dollars on the high end you know tens of millions of dollars and so mm -hmm. the, the funding yeah. is definitely a, a big need and, and that's one of the things that we're trying to um, you know kind of play a role in bringing more attention to that need and then of finding innovative ways to get more people to support the the researchers that um, that need it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very true. I think definitely, uh, you know, a lot of these challenges, as you said, um, you know, sometimes it's needing more money to go into um, solving these problems that will accelerate the timeline for us to get there. And I think that's definitely an important component um, in making all this a reality within our lifetimes, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, um, Josh, I know you, you've taken a very unique path in your career. Um, would you mind sharing, and I'm sure, you know, all the, some of the younger folks might be interested to hear a little bit, um, you know, why you took this path and maybe what are some of the risks you took in your career that you think has been rewarding? Um, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Uh, I, I think as far as the risks, yeah, I, I took, a, like say, a very non-traditional path in, uh, in my career that I, I actually started out uh, as a research scientist in you know, education. I was uh, educated at MIT uh, in planetary science, so, you know, studying completely 
different things. I was researching uh, lunar exploration, Mars exploration, you know, trying to figure out better ways to get people uh, exploring space. Uh, so I, uh, I still have a very fond love of everything space exploration, but I kind of realized as I was going through my graduate uh, career that uh, you know, being the, the research scientist uh, wasn't really what I wanted to do. I wanted to be more involved in the community around getting people excited about these things and, and being um, kind of uh, involved in the, the world from that side. So you know, I, I left the research uh, path to join a nonprofit foundation called the XPRIZE Foundation. And uh, the XPRIZE Foundation is really where I got started in understanding the role of innovation and uh, particularly incentivized innovation in science and technology. And so the XPRIZE was kind of the, the pioneer in the modern world of uh, large scale grand challenge prizes. You know, they started uh, in the early 2000s with a $10 million prize for uh, the first privately funded manned spaceflight. Mm. And, uh, and that was uh, done uh, in 2004. So since then, they've gone on to a number of other uh, kind of revolutionary scale prizes. And that was where I got my, uh, my start, just understanding how, uh, how these challenges and prizes can play such a big role in, uh, in the advancement and development of science and technology. So I got really interested in it uh, from that side. So I, I always knew that science and tech was kind of my, uh, my world and in my happy place, you know, and yes. uh, so I, I was, uh, I was involved in things uh, in the world of science and tech, but I, I really branched out from you know, my first love of space exploration into many other fields of science and technology and started working on prizes and challenges in lots of different spaces. I mentioned the you know, energy storage was one that we did. Uh, you know, of course, the, the biofabrication, bioengineering is uh, really a big one that we're, we're really heavily invested in now. Mm. And, um, but, but it's not just those. It's, um, you know, we've done work in education is a really big space that we focus on. Again, in the kind of science tech education is a space that we do a lot of work on. So you know, I, uh, I've done, just a little bit of it has been just kind of feeling out where I'm excited about things and then following that passion, you know, following the drive of like what just gets me out of bed every morning and yeah. like, you know, I get excited about. And um, I've been lucky enough that um, a lot of great opportunities have just kind of come across my path. But I think mm -hmm. a lot of it is also just being able to take the risk to follow those opportunities. Um, you know, that, um, you know, I think a lot of people are still very risk adverse in mm -hmm. uh, what they feel like they can or should do. Sure. Uh, you know, and I think that's probably one of the things that has led to the most uh, success and value in my kind of non-traditional career path is just sure. yeah. being willing and able to take those risks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it, that I'd say for the students. Yeah, yeah, I think definitely that takes a lot of courage and be willing to take the risk and explore, you know, opportunities that you may not know all the answers. So, uh, um, so I think that's great. Awesome, cool. Any any last words or thoughts um, to the community before we kind of end this interview? I know we're uh, we're all very excited for the 3D Heels, which is in two weeks. So, uh, yeah, looking definitely. forward to that. But do you have any 
last uh, things that you want to share to no, the community I, I before think, we um, end? I mean, I'm just, yeah, I'm really excited to, to talk with folks at the, uh, the virtual uh, summit and figure mm -hmm. out, well, you know, if there's ways that we can be involved in helping to advance some of the great things that people are doing. Uh, you know, that's, yeah, that's really our role is uh, playing the, the position where we can help accelerate all of the, the technologies that people are working on. So I'm really excited to see and hear from people about what kinds of things are going on in the kind of 3D heels, you know, healthcare space. Because, you know, I've gotten to, to know a lot of great researchers in the biofabrication space, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I don't know a lot about them. Um, you know, from the other side of what the 3D printing is uh, is doing in healthcare, and I'm really excited about that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we have a pretty good program out there. Jenny just sent out the program last week, so I'm really looking forward to meeting everyone uh, virtually. <laughs> so um, yeah, thank you so much.